This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry sent me a razor starter kit recently to try, and I put it to use very quickly because I keep myself clean shaven. In fact, I pretty much shave every single day because I have lots of facial hair. It grows back very quickly, and it's also really thick, and it hurts a lot when I shave normally, with a bad razor at least. So I've been using Harry's razors for like a week now. They're very nice. It's a five-blade razor, and I have to say, it really does effortlessly shave through my normally very annoying facial hair. It doesn't hurt one bit, no tugging, anything like that. And it stayed sharp the entire time as well. I'm very impressed so far. It also has kind of a good weight to it. It's like heavier than normal. I don't know. It's like, it's just got a good weight to it. I really like that. I didn't know I liked it before, but now I know I like it. I also really liked the shaving cream just because it smells really good. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable shaving products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Harry's has a customizable delivery option for scheduled refills as low as $2, half of what you pay from other big brands. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com otherworld. That's harrys.com otherworld for a $3 trial set. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. What you're hearing in the background right now is a train station in Kyoto, Japan. I was just visiting the country on my honeymoon. Even though I was taking a break from all things spooky while on this trip, I did the interview you're about to hear right before leaving. And I found myself thinking about it quite a bit while I was here. And I think you'll understand why. This story comes from a person named Cindy. From what she's told me, Cindy has seen a lot of strange things on and off throughout her life. But from what it sounds, I don't think the people around her have taken it very seriously or realized how intense these things were for her. This takes place when she was on vacation with her husband in Japan. And the one thing he wanted to do was go hiking in a place called the Iwakigahara Forest, which some of you may know by its nickname, the Suicide Forest. Now, Cindy's going to explain the history of this place a little bit more in the episode, but I'm very excited to have the first Otherworld story from Japan, and I can't wait to continue doing more stories from all over the world as the show continues to grow. This is episode 35, The Woman in the Bath, and you're listening to Otherworld. Cindy. I'm from Alberta, Canada. My experience with the paranormal, I guess I've seen it for my entire life. So when I was young, we used to live in this house and I would see things in there and I would sleepwalk there as well. And it's kind of escalated over the years, I feel like. I remember 
around being, I think, six years old. This would happen on a nightly basis where in my house it's a four-level split. And so my room is at the very top in the corner of the house. And every single night I would hear um, like heavy footsteps going up uh, the stairs towards my bedroom. And for some reason, I always slept with the door open. Um, and I always like visualized or saw someone like at the, at the entrance of my room. It just scared the crap out of me every single night. I don't know why I didn't close the door. Maybe because it'd be dark and I think that would be even worse. Um, and then I would also sleepwalk in the house. So my brothers, they lived on the third and fourth floor, like in the basement. And for somehow, um, I would make it all the way down to the basement without even knowing. And I would stand at the foot of my brother's bed, just like staring. And it would scare him so much um, until he got used to it and still until it started happening um, quite often. And then he would just tell me, oh, Cindy, like, go to bed um, when, when I would do that. And then I would be like, okay. And then I would just make my way up back to my room, go to sleep, and that's it. I would have no memory of this at all, but it happened quite often. I'm nervous because this story, like typically I don't tell anyone any of my stories that I've experienced. It just stays within like my family, like my cousins, they're believers. Um, so I feel comfortable. I don't feel like I'm being judged when I'm telling them my stories. And then like close friends as well, I'll tell stories. So it's a bit nerve wracking to be this vulnerable on something that will on a podcast that a lot of people will listen to, so just a little nervous. <laughs> so um, I met my husband, or my partner, um, at the University of Lethbridge. He is a super skeptic. He is um, always thinking with his logical brain. Um, he doesn't believe in any spirits, ghosts, nothing. Um, Whereas for me, I, I am a, a believer. I think at this point we've been dating for like 13 years now, so it's, it's been a while. Um, but when I started to get more comfortable with him, he, <laughs> I started opening up more and I told him about some of the things I was seeing. Um, and then the, pretty much the whole time, he's he's been very consistent. He's he's always joking about it, saying like, "Oh, don't be afraid. Like, if you see anyone, like, I'll punch them in the face for you." Like, <laughs> he's he's always trying to make a a joke out of it. But I think in the moment that I see things, it's it's quite scary. So when my partner and I travel. I usually do plan the entire itinerary from like start to finish. And he's just happy to show up and take along and just be in the moment. I always do ask him for his opinion of the locations or activities that we're doing. And his answer is usually always the same. He says, whatever you want to do, um, I'm sure it will be fun. So I'm like, okay, great. So this is going back now to March of 2017. Uh, I'm planning a trip to Japan. 
So I asked him again, where do you want, what do you want to do? Uh, where do you want to go? Um, this time, though, he told me that he wanted to go hiking in uh, Aokikahara Forest. Since he never asked to go to any specific spots when we travel, um, I felt like I had to schedule the forest in. Um, I did understand the reputation of the forest prior to going. I know that the um, translation of Aokigahara means uh, blue tree meadow or sea of trees, and it's cr it was created after Mount Fuji had erupted. And then um, back in the like 1960s, there was also a book that was written. Um, it translates to Tower of Waves. Um, the story romanticized uh, suicide. Um, it was a story about uh, uh, lovers uh, that had committed suicide in the forest. So my understanding um, is that after the book was released, there was an influx of people that started going to the forest um, to end their life. And that's kind of where the name of Suicide Forest came from. I think after the Logan Paul incident, it became a lot more popular. I had gone to Japan before. Um, I have family there that I visit. Um, it was never my intention to go hiking at all in the forest um, because I knew the reputation of the forest. Um, the closest I would have ever gotten uh, was either to go to Mount Fuji or go to places like Fuji Q Highland, which is an amusement park, or go to the ice caves or the bat caves that are kind of on the border um, of the forest. But I never, ever, ever wanted to go inside. My partner's job is to plan the hike. That's the only thing he has to do in this entire trip. He did not do that. So we ended up just aimlessly walking in the forest with just a picture of the map. Um, we were in there for over five hours. So now going back, uh, we're in the parking lot uh, to one of the entrances of the forest. And there, we see a van that's parked in the far side of the parking lot. So we're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Oh, maybe somebody's like camping or other people are hiking as well. So we take a peek and we look inside the vehicle and there's a layer of dust that's just collected on everything in there. So it looks like the van has been there for a while. That made me a little bit nervous because I'm thinking, oh no, what if this was like an individual who um, was going through something really horrible in their life and they were thinking of um, committing suicide so they leave their things here and go into the forest like my mind was already spinning before um, going into the forest so we walk into the forest and it's about a hundred meters in now and I notice that there's no sound at all in the forest like there's no wildlife there's no birds there's no wind there's nothing the only thing I can really hear is our footsteps, like crunching on the leaves and there's a light layer of snow. But I also notice going in, like my fingertips start to feel a little numb um, and the air feels like it's vibrating. It's a bit hard to explain, like, do you know those old school fans? 
or I guess like a regular fan um, and you talk into it and uh, your voice vibrates, it's kind of like that, like that white noise. That's how I was feeling while I was in the forest. It's hard to explain. But I'm like, maybe it's because I'm anxious because we're in this forest and it's known for people going in and committing suicide. So maybe I'm anxious and nervous. Maybe that's why. <laughs> but it's like something in the air as well. As we're walking, uh, I'm just staring at my feet because I'm afraid to look up and see anyone. I, I don't want to see any bodies. Like my intention was just to go hiking. So I'm staring at my feet and I follow the sounds of uh, my partner's footsteps in front of me. Um, it's a bit tricky because the train is not flat. There's things like hills, there's caves, of course, trees, and there's also giant boulders. So it's, my footing is a little bit wobbly sometimes. So as we're going up this hill, I trip and I catch myself from falling and I accidentally look up and I see this woman looking at me. She's peeking from behind a tree. And I can vividly describe her. She was like just a regular person. Um, she has like medium length, like dark hair. Her clothes were covered in dirt. But the only thing that was a bit strange is her face is blurry. Like I couldn't make out any features on her face at all. So she's there for a split second and then she's gone. And so I think, okay, I must be getting dehydrated because I'm seeing things that aren't there. So we continue to walk. I would say she's about my height, like 5'5". Five, five. She has medium dark hair um, and her clothes are covered in dirt. Like my intuition tells me, obviously, like it's probably, it might be someone in that needs help, but then why is she peeking and how did she get away so quickly? Um, I don't know. I was trying not to think of any spirits or ghosts because I feel like that will make me more fearful of the situation that I was stuck in. So <laughs> I was trying to think of anything else. After about like another hour in, I'm still staring at my feet, still walking. And then all of a sudden I notice just in my periphery, there's an arm. It looks black, like it's been severely burned and it's just the arm and it's swinging back and forth, back and forth. And as I speed up, it's keeping pace with me. And so I was like, um, maybe, maybe it's just like something in my glasses, something's in my eye. So I clean my glasses, I take a deep breath and I turn around to see if anything's there and nothing's there. So I continue to walk and then eventually this arm comes back and continues to be swinging in my peripheries. And so if I was to reach my arm out, then I would be able to touch it. Like that's how close it was. It was similar to if a friend was just walking behind me um, and I can I can see them in my peripheries. Their arm is just walking. It's very natural, but uh, the color and I guess the texture of it was very unnatural. 
And so when I turned around, nobody would be there. And then as I'm walking again, the arm would appear again. I was kind of losing it. So I stopped and I was like, okay, I'm going to just take like a grounding breath. Um, so I stopped and I took like a deep breath of air in. And then all of a sudden from above, there was just like a huge dump of snow, uh, like a mixture of snow and leaves. And it just like falls on top of me. And I was thinking, what is going on? I hate this. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't know what's happening. And then my partner turns around because he hears this like huge, like heaping dump of snow fall on me. And his face, like, he looks so happy. Like, he told me later that um, hiking was one of his favorite parts of our trip. And like at the time, he was just having such a good time. So I was like, okay, I just took another deep breath in and I just continued to walk. So I'm like, could have just been a coincidence that me stopping in that spot just caused all the snow above me to just, just fall. Maybe it's like the vibration of our feet. I don't know. I did think about telling um, him how I was feeling, but like seeing his face, he was just really happy to be hiking and just doing something besides eating and going to amusement parks. He just looked really happy and I didn't want to take that moment away from him. So I just took a breath and I thought, I don't know, we can't be in this, this forest for much longer. I'll, I'll get through this. <laughs> So getting back to the hotel, um, we're settling down and we're putting our things away. And I decided to take a bath um, because we had just been in the forest for um, six hours. So I wanted to kind of wash all of that away, like cleanse myself of the forest. And in Japan, the toilet and the like soaker tub or the bathtub, they're typically in different rooms. When I opened up the door to the tub, the bath, uh, I saw a woman. She was lying in the bathtub with her arms outstretched. There were cut marks on her arms. I can see the blood dripping down from her arms. And she was looking towards the doorway at me. She was looking at me dead in my eyes. She had long black hair. She had a light blue and white, like frilly um, ruffled dress. And it was like uh, soaked in blood, like where her arms were. I knew she was not real from intuition or, I don't know, a feeling. I had a feeling, though, that she had followed us back from the forest um, where she had committed suicide. So I don't know what her intentions were, what she wanted, but for some reason, that's what I saw. So I was thinking, like, oh, hell no, I'm, I'm not dealing with this after such a long hike, so I just closed the door. And I didn't take a bath. I just like scrubbed myself off in the sink because I was not going in there. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back.
Folks, springtime is here, and it might be time to clean out the closet and finally update your wardrobe. Quince has you covered with timeless pieces that never got a style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the essentials for men and women, and everything is made from high-quality materials, which is very important to me. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes savings on to us. And, like I mentioned— Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. I recently went on a little shopping spree myself. I got a chore jacket, a Mongolian cashmere cardigan, and a quilted jacket. Basically stuff that I could just throw on top of the normal old t-shirts that I wear every day to make myself look a lot more presentable and fashionable when I need to. I also got some new sheets for our bed. They have so many to choose from. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash otherworld for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash otherworld to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash otherworld. Hey, Otherworld listeners. I'm excited to tell you about a show that I love and I think you're going to love as well. It's called Sophia with an F, starring Sophia Franklin. This show is about as different from Otherworld as a show could possibly be, which is why I think many people were very, very shocked when I got invited on as a guest around Halloween. It was really the crossover that nobody expected. I'll never forget the day my episode came out and every single one of my college-age cousins texted me all at the same time. Very confused, but also very excited. It was nice to hear from all of them, though, and, uh finally get some respect. I had a great time on the show. Sophia is really down to earth, which is why I think her interviews are so good. We talked about Otherworld, the paranormal, getting into this whole thing unexpectedly, as I did, and a lot of other stuff that I think normally does not get discussed on Sophia with an F. Normally in the show, Sophia Franklin goes deep on sex, life, mental health, relationships, and everything in between. You could get Sophia all to yourself every Monday for solo mini episodes and every Thursday with her ride or die best friends, experts, and some famous guests on a host of other topics, topics that are not safe for the dinner table, from foursomes and sugar daddies to wild sexcapades and tips for keeping things fresh in the bedroom. It's raw and laugh out loud funny, no borders and no filters. My personal favorite is the episode with Walk a Flock of Flame, if you want somewhere to start. Listen to and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And so that night, I closed the door to our bedroom and I kept the light on all night. And then at about four o'clock, three or four o'clock, I hear the door to the bathroom open and I hear footsteps walking to our master bedroom, our our room. It's like a slow shuffle. I can hear every single step that she or it, whatever it's making, it's coming towards our door. So our door has kind of like a translucent covering on it down the middle. So as I heard her footsteps coming closer and closer, I eventually started seeing her silhouette. So she stopped right in front of our door and it was just her silhouette that I could see. And so I'm laying there just crying and praying to whatever God or gods are out there. I was like, please, 
please don't let her in. Please don't let her walk in here because I will lose my shit if she walks in here. Like, I don't know what I would do. Thankfully, she just stood there for pretty much till morning and then she disappeared. I don't know how to explain, like, that kind of fear. I don't think I've ever felt anything like that before, but I was like, next level. (laughs) And my husband, the whole time, he was just sleeping next to me. And I asked him how, how his sleep was in the morning. And he said he had a really great nap, really great sleep. So uh, our experiences were, were opposite. So in the morning, we made our way to Osaka. And there's this really famous castle there. Uh, it's called Osaka Castle. So we found the shrine there. And we went through like ringing the bell. Um, They also have this little area where you can pour water onto yourself to like cleanse yourself before going into like the temple. And so we did that and I lit an incense. There's like this large, large like cauldron that they put a bunch of incense in. So I was standing in front of it and I was just like wafting all of the air towards me because I was thinking, what if she decided to continue to piggyback and follow us to Osaka? And so I was really fearful of that. So I was just standing in front of this giant cauldron for like at least 10 minutes, just wafting all of the incense towards me. And so when we got back to our Airbnb in Osaka, I guess it worked because I didn't see her. I didn't feel her. After we were in Osaka, um, we went back to Tokyo where my brother lives. And when we got there, um, his wife, she understood the the reputation of the forest. So out of, I guess, just in case, like a, a protective measure, um, she like salted the doorway just in case anything was following us back. So even though she's not a believer, she still took like protective measures because I told my brother what had happened, like what we experienced in the forest and then um, afterwards in our Airbnb. And so he relayed that message and she, yeah, she salted the doorway. She salted her home. Salt, I guess, is something purifying, but I didn't have any like relics or anything on me for protection, which I guess is a thing that I've heard from friends. But yeah, I guess throughout my life, I just like kind of dealing with it in my own way, kind of suppressing it sometimes. But yeah, I I still see spirits, spooky things. (laughs) But I'm also drawn to it as well. Like I'll always watch movies, like scary movies. They aren't really scary to me. I feel like real life stuff is a lot worse. All right. Thank you so much 
to Cindy for telling us that story. You know, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of people like Cindy out there who have seen terrifying things, but for one reason or another, when they tell people, it just kind of gets brushed off or people end up not taking them very seriously. Um, I don't think it's a belief thing. I think it's just some people, I don't know, have a tendency to get brushed off for some reason. And then people like Cindy end up kind of bottling it up and not telling people after that. That's a big reason why I'm doing this show, to get people like her to talk about these things that they've been keeping to themselves for all this time. So once again, thank you to Cindy for telling us this story. Even if it made me lose a little sleep while I was on my trip, um, I really like this story. And by the way, as a newly married man myself, I just have to say a word of wisdom to anyone out there with a girlfriend or wife. If they planned a beautiful, beautiful vacation for you that you did not help with at all, don't tell them that the one thing you want to do is hike through a place called the Suicide Forest. It's not a good idea. If you plan the trip, you can maybe get away with the Suicide Forest hike. But if they plan it, it's just pick something else, I would say. That's my bit of advice. Feel free to write this down if you need to, but it's going to go a lot more smooth if you do not make them hike through a place called the Suicide Forest. It's bad optics. It does not even sound good. So, like I said, a free piece of advice from me, another world. And with that, this has been episode 35, The Woman in the Bath, and you've been listening to Other World. Otherworld is hosted and executive produced by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Cobra Man. The soundtrack of this episode is by Juice Jackal. Editing by Theo Krantz. Engineering by Theo Schaefer. The artwork for our show is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. This is an independent show, so please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends. If you want to hear more episodes and support the show, you can do so at patreon.com otherworld. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at otherworldpod on Instagram and Twitter. And finally, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, please send us that story at stories at otherworldpod.com. <laughs>